You're going to get clean. Do it with an RPG. Absolutely. Work on leveling up your skills in the virtual world and then work your skills up in the non-virtual world. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 43 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm okay, Chris. The real question is, how are you? I'm doing much better. I um, So I'll, we'll start from the beginning, a little backstory. We had some episodes banked up, and we're like, hell yeah. let's We'll keep these banked up. We'll be good to go. And then, you know, life gets in the way. I got sick. I didn't want to put out an episode where you just had to hear me coughing, and then, you know, Jake have to edit out a million coughs. So it's been like two weeks since we've talked, and it's been a long time, and I don't like it. But I'm doing better. Too long. It was way too long. I mean, I we we need updates on your therapy situation. My therapy is kind of the same, but I've been uh, dying to know what's gone on since the last time we talked to Nick. Um, I'm afraid I'll disappoint you. It's not really anything. Did did we really have any like take home? Um, like that I needed to bring to my therapist because. I kind of remember it ending as like, just trust in the process, keep going, right? Yeah, but the last we knew, your therapist wasn't sure if you could handle the situation. He was going to refer you. You were unsure how you felt about that. You hadn't had another appointment with him yet. So, Oh, wow. Okay, that was world quite a while. The world doesn't know. Where is Kyle at with therapy? Is he going to someone new? Does he hate this guy he currently has? What is going on? It ended up being the most anticlimactic uh, re- resolution possible, I think, because he just said um, he talked to his supervisor. I seem low risk, I think he said, um, as far as – well, the, the reason he wanted to – he was concerned in the first place is because uh, he thought maybe I was too complicated for him to deal with. That's that's a nice way of saying it for myself. And, um yeah. He had to speak to his supervisor. He came back and he just said, well, yeah, I can keep talking to you. And and he said, maybe we should discuss finding you someone local that you can see in person, but I can still talk to you. So that was it. Anticlimactic, but that's good. I mean, we're kind of looking for anticlimactic when it comes to our mental health I, I, I guess that's true. <laughs> if, it's yeah. a, if it's a movie, it's a little bit disappointing. But I guess since it's my life, it's it's good. Imagine I'm just like, oh, boring. I wish you were a real fucking problem and he sent you to someone and you couldn't find him. And then you found someone and he tried to kill you. That'd be better for you the know. podcast, though. Yeah. You know what? Maybe ditch this guy and find some sketchy guy in an alley you can talk to. Yeah. When, when I'm talking on this podcast, I guess I guess my own interests and what's what's most interesting for the podcast are completely at odds. Yeah. So something's got to give. Yeah, if you think about it, so if if you think about it, if you have like a perfectly stable, happy life, it's going to be so boring to talk about, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, I guess we can kind of transition. I mean, well, I will say congratulations to you for not being too complicated, for not having to change therapists, for being with the same guy that you're comfortable with already. That is good news. Um, Thank you. So we'll talk about something a little unstable. Ah, My you family. still want to talk about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? So I've alluded to it a few times before. Um, My 
certain members of my family, parents, have issues with drugs. Um, I think pretty much anything they can get their hands on. So things kind of came to a head. <clears throat> Was it last week? So I go on Instagram in the morning and just going through stories. And I see a story posted by a person that lives next to my parents. This kid I went to high school with, very nice guy. Um, and in the picture, it's moving trucks, police. And it says, what a great day for me. See ya. With like an upside down smiley face. Mm. Uh, so I message him and I say, hey, is, uh, is that my parents' house or is that the people <laughs> across the street? Just curious. You know? <laughs> I think I already knew As the answer you would when be. I asked. <laughs> yeah, yep. And he was like, sorry to say it, man, but it's your parents. And I wasn't mad at him for posting the picture. I was just kind of like, hey, I completely understand. He's got a child. You don't need that stuff next door. Um, so when I say they have issues with drugs, it's not like a like a functioning drug addict well, type deal. Before you go on, that little interaction speaks... Uh, volumes right there that you and this guy know each other and you're both aware of your parents and he's comfortable basically posting on social media that he's happy they're gone and you and him still are not upset with each other that that says a lot about the situation yeah it's one of those things where i completely understand why he's super pumped about it but um I mean, we weren't, like, the best of friends. It was just like a, hey, dude, hey, dude, nothing, like, we just knew of each other. We Like, we never hung out or anything like that. Right. Um, but I understand the severity of the issue that was just next door to him and his family where he's trying to, like, start his own life. So I can never get mad at someone for having to deal with someone else's issues on a daily basis. So, so it's a big issue. Yeah, he said they put him through hell the past couple of years. Wow. Um, Do you know what that means? What, what does that like? What I can't picture well, why that would be without any details or events. He's found a crack pipe in the bed of his truck. Okay. Needles on his front lawn. They had someone living in the house, a dealer slash someone who's been charged with murder or something like that, living in the house. Um, fights constantly. Uh, I think multiple people have died in the house of overdoses. Wow. Um, he's found bags of drugs around, probably stashed, trying to be hidden away for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, they, they have literally put him through hell. So, yeah, that's, I just asked that because, I mean, when I think of people that take drugs, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, I mean, I'm no, this not, is the not dark saying side it's a good drugs. thing. Yeah. But I guess they're not... We've established that, Kyle. Yeah, we've established you're the drug guy, but you're the good drug guy. You're the fun drug guy. I'm this not is the sad leaving paraphernalia around. and Yeah, they're, they're not the most prudent drug users, I guess is one yeah. way to say it. So it got to a point where my mom was living in a trailer in the driveway with some guy. Because her and my dad had issues... Huge surprise, right? How could they have issues with such a perfect life? Um, So she was living in the driveway with some guy in a trailer. She has multiple warrants out for her arrest for, you know, um, 
counterfeiting checks, um, being caught with every drug known to man in her possession, like felony amounts of drugs. And, um, you know, I drove by the house when I saw the picture and I just see all of these moving trucks taking absolutely everything out of the house, including whatever good memories I had left of my childhood. It's all gone. Jesus. All of it's gone. Wow. And that part I didn't think about until later. I was like, yeah, they're cleaning out the house. It's probably a pigsty. And I'm like, wait a minute. There are some things in there that I probably would have, you know, wanted, Mm. you know, whether it's something like pictures of when things were normal or I don't know. And I haven't got to talk to my therapist about this yet because this happened like the day after my therapy appointment. Mm. And I'm not seeing her again until January, like a couple weeks into January. Damn. So, yeah. And I'm just like really, really pissed off. Uh, how much of a mess they turn their lives into. Yeah. I don't even know how to process it, really. It, <sighs> I haven't seen or spoken to my mom in years. All I know is I hear she's missing all of her teeth now. I I, I don't know if I want to see it. Because the last picture I have of my mom is not a very good one. She looked awful then. I can't imagine what she looks like years later with all of these issues. Wow. I'm sorry, man. I mean... I'm just glad that I didn't fall into like that similar path, because uh, obviously, we talked about like nature versus nurture and stuff. It 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 could have been very easy for me to fall into that same yeah you know issue. And when I was a kid, I was like in denial. I was like, oh no, my my mom's like the sweetest person ever. She would never do drugs. She would never do anything bad. To the point where like I would go upstairs and she would be nodding off, standing up. And I'd have friends over and they'd be like, dude, you know, your mom's like sleeping, standing up. And I'm like, yeah, she's tired. She doesn't sleep. I genuinely believe that because she told me that. It's fucked up. Definitely, to say the least. Yeah. Money was been, has been stolen from me multiple times. Like lots of it. I don't know. And you don't know. Uh, so they, they were the cops were there and there's moving trucks and all that. You don't know where they went? No, I have no idea where they are. They could be living outside. I have no clue. They didn't reach out to me at all because I think they know I won't give into it. But they do harass my brother because they know he'll try to help them, which is sad because they manip- they try to they manipulate. And my brother is a good guy, and he feels like he needs to help. Like they're my parents. What should I do? And I told them, listen, I it's your money. I'm not going to tell you how to spend it. But notice how I haven't gotten a phone call in years. Why? Because they know I won't give them anything. So the phone calls dried up. Once you stop providing them with things that they need, they're going to stop calling you too. It was kind of like, I guess, tough love. I don't know, but I felt like it needed to be said. And he took it pretty well. But he's uh, he's having a hard time with it too because obviously it sucks when your parents are junkies. I really can't imagine. Yeah, that's... Uh, wow. I'm like I, I tell myself I'm at peace with it. Like It doesn't affect me on a daily basis. Obviously, there are times where I wish I had like that normal family life where like, oh, I'm going to go visit my parents. Like it it hasn't been like that in so long. Like I can't just like pop over, say hi, hang out with them. When I have kids, they're not going to ever know their grandparent on my side. And that stuff kind of gets me sometimes. What was the last? I'm just assuming that you're comfortable talking about it all. It seems like you are, right? Oh, yeah. Let it all out. So what was the last interaction you had with them? It's so long ago, I don't remember. I stopped by, 
And, you know, my mom had that typical, like, junkie lean. Like, couldn't sit still, kept, like, leaning to one side and stuff, like, trying to talk. And that was just it. I walked out and... Well, she actually called me Thanksgiving for the first time in years. And I did not answer the phone. Because she always calls me from... Well, if she does call me. She doesn't always call me. She called me from a random phone number. Left a message. And didn't call her back. I texted her. I said, sorry, I was busy. Happy Thanksgiving. Left it at that. And I never heard anything back. So that is the last interaction I had with them. What did the message say? It was like, I don't even remember. Uh, I was just like, hey, Chris. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Give me a call. And that was it. I don't get calls on my birthday. Usually, most holidays, don't get a call. This was kind of an outlier. Um, so, yeah. Was there a big event in the past where you broke free from them with a, with a big moment of conflict or or no i i kind of just like casually broke away like after i had moved out so that was pretty much it i mean <coughs> there was a point so michelle and i we bought a house and it was getting renovated right we were living at her parents and as i've talked about before my wife has bipolar disorder and you know, I was always of the mind, happy wife, happy life. And while we were living at her parents, her and her manic state decided we should adopt a dog. And I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. But I'm a pushover. We went with it. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. I love that fucking dog to death. But in the moment, terrible idea. So her parents were like, you can't live with us with a dog. So I ended up going, we ended up going to my parents' house for a couple weeks while the house got renovated. <laughs> And it was 20 times worse than the last time I had lived there. Like things had just gone dramatically downhill. And this was probably th a little over three years ago. So that was probably the last like interactions I really had with my parents three years ago. And while I was there for the week, my dad was like, hey, can you pay to get oil put in the oil tank so we can have hot water and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's some cash. Like mm. my new puppy came out of the room with the crack pipe in his mouth. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There was a point where I was gone and my mom must have been like withdrawing or coming down and she was frantically looking for something on the other side of the house where we were staying and she was just screaming at everyone there and I wasn't home. So it was like Michelle and like a friend or two of hers. I was like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. So we ended up moving into our house that just had a bedroom done. Like when I say we were remodeling our house, our kitchen was all torn up, bathroom all torn up. Everything torn up. We had nothing besides one room. So we decided to live there in this one small little area of the house. Everything else being a construction zone rather than live in that environment because it was awful. How many... And we really should have uh, known. Sorry, how, how many people are in the house? Um, it was me, Michelle... My brother, my two parents, and then another person that was just like renting a room, I think. And then maybe someone living downstairs. And then there was always weird shit going on. We had a homeless guy living in our garage for quite some time while I was there when I was younger. Did either of them work weird. or do either of them work? My dad was actually very successful. He started his own business and then he would get contracted by this company and they liked him and his company so much. 
that they brought him on as a full-time person. He was making over six figures, great benefits, pension. And then he was just like, no, I got to quit my back. My back hurts. And then um, that's maybe where it started for him, getting hooked on pain pills. But I was told by other family members that my parents always liked to party a little bit, even when they were really young. So you don't even, you don't know when it started. It's just, it's always been like that as, as long as you can remember. Well, when I was a little kid, I thought my life was normal. Like my parents always hung out with some sketchy looking characters, but for the most part, they were decent parents up until like high school. Yeah. And then thing like things that shouldn't seem normal to me felt normal. Like my house got raided and I thought it wasn't a big deal. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Mm. Whatever. So I guess then that maybe they were partying back then, but they were they were functional until yes. until that, until you were in high school. And then they got worse and worse to the point where it's it's gotten really bad now. Yeah. I remember there was a time where my mom just disappeared for like a week and no one told me anything. They're just like, yeah, she's away. But I guess she had went to rehab or something. And I remember when she came back, she looked so much better. Like she had full color. I was like, oh my God, I'm getting my mom back. This is so awesome. We can have a normal life now. And that didn't last very long at all. My mom always seemed the worst out of the two parents. That was kind of the impression sure. I got. And I, that was what I was just about to ask you. Um, and I don't, I don't know if it's fair or, or what, but do, do you think... I don't know. I, I wanted to ask, like... Do you think she got your dad into it or, but, but you, you don't know. And it's not fair anyway. Right. I would say that I think the reason why my dad couldn't get off of it. Cause I always felt like he really wanted to get off of it. Cause I remember one night we we took like a walk, we were walking the dog and he, Oh, like they both always lied. Like my dad was like, yeah, I don't do that stuff. Like I knew he did. And so I brought up Kratom. Right. Because I had heard a lot about it at the time. And I was like, a lot of people use this to get off of like opioids and stuff. Oh, wow. And he acted like he was like super interested in hearing about it. Like you could tell he didn't want to be like that anymore. But them both being in the same house living together, it can never happen unless both of them were on board. And I don't think my mom would have ever been on board. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe now that my mom's potentially going to prison. Maybe my dad can get clean. But it's, um, I mean, they're in their 60s, right? Like, how do you turn it around now? You've already collected all of this debt. Like, they just, they lost the house. But the only reason they were able to stay in it for so long was because of COVID. And they said, fuck that, you're out now. So, um, I don't know. I really don't know. <sighs> yeah. It's a lot to unpack. It is, yeah. Um, I guess it's, it, it's definitely possible. Right. I mean, bank bankruptcy could theoretically clear you of debts and then you could start over. Yeah. But that, I mean, I know it's an option my mom to took in the working. past. Yeah. But I, I don't even know. Like I, we tried doing like a little intervention as a family. I remember I got with my couple of my cousins. And I forgot who else. But I don't think we did it the right way. We we kind of just showed up at the house. And um I was like, hey, we got to talk. And my mom saw that we were there with our family members. She went in the other room and just started screaming and crying. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. And my dad was willing to sit there and, you know, chat with us. 
So she knew what was up. Oh yeah, immediately. Wow. But that was like the like we gave it a shot, there was no chance. And it's just gotten significantly worse since then. And I don't think there's any turning back. It's hard to... Uh, there's no way for me to get a straight story out of anybody. Well, it, it sounds like your brother has some idea. Even they lie to him and manipulate him. I mean, he was down that same path as them for a while. He got clean, and now he works like six days a week. He's got his own money. He's got his own place. He's doing really, really well for himself. Mm. So it really bothers me when these people try to pull him back in so they can continue to take money from him and manipulate him. Of course. Yeah. And, and I, I keep thinking of um, what must have happened and what the relationships must be like for it to progress to your mom living in the driveway with another guy and your dad still in the house. That's... Uh, I. Th- what I was told was my mom... He caught her cheating. That's the story I got. Huh. But they never had a great relationship when I was growing up either. Um, it seemed my dad is very hard to deal with. Very stubborn, very his way or the highway. And who knows, that could have been what had taken a toll on my mom and forced her into that. But I, like I said, there's no way for me to ever know how it all started. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, I think that's really fair of you to say. And that, that's kind of why I'm, I'm so curious about so many of these things, but it's, I, I guess it's just impossible to know, but damn, is it, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just keep thinking about how I, uh, I didn't even, I, when I said that at the beginning of the podcast, like, Oh, a, a happy, stable life, um, yeah. is boring. I, I, I had actually forgotten that you were intending to talk about this, but now that you are, it is really interesting sorry to put it in that term but it is oh no it is it is telling and rich yeah and you can ask all the questions you want i can answer them to my best ability because i i've tiptoed around it for 43 episodes now and i've just gotten to the point where i'm fucking sick of it i have every right to talk about it if i want to yeah you definitely do man through hell yeah yeah wow so dude when we were me and Michelle were living there for a while before and things weren't really that bad. Like it was just kind of like functioning drug addicts. Money would go missing here and there, but nothing significant. So we saved up. This is when we were working in restaurants. We had saved up our security deposit. We finally had enough. We had it in cash because we were both working in restaurants. That's what we had cash. Hadn't gone to the bank. We planned on dropping it off that next day because we needed to drop it off. And we knew that if we kept it in the house, chances are it wouldn't be safe. We kept it in Michelle's car. Michelle goes outside the next morning, getting ready for work, goes to check on the cash. It's gone. The doors were locked. There was no sign of forced entry. So someone, while we were sleeping, came downstairs, took the keys, went into the car, took the money. See you later. <sighs> Man. And I would still find ways to defend these people because they were my parents. That wasn't enough for me to cut them off. Thousands of dollars just gone. I guess you must have been, or or I maybe maybe I would feel that it's it's not their fault. They're addicts. They're just trying to get by, right? 
Yeah. But at the expense of people you're supposed to love? Yeah. There's no really defending that. It just... Uh, I don't know. They seemed like really good people when I was a kid. But it's become quite clear and obvious that they are not. And I don't know if that's because of the drugs or if they have just been genuinely shitty people since birth. Well, I always try to think that there aren't really... And this is kind of a philosophical stupid thing to even talk about, but I always kind of try to think that there aren't really good and bad people. It's just kind of circumstances and and what happens to us. But with a hypothetical really bad person, like like you're talking about, totally, absolutely falls in that category, steals from you, lies to you and all that. I think the the ideal way to view it is... They're not necessarily a bad person, but they're not someone you want to be around. They're not someone that's going to help you in life, so you should distance yourself. And and that's that's exactly what you've done. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think anyone could blame you for distancing yourself. It sounds like you absolutely made the right move. Yeah, and it kind of forced me to grow up pretty early. Yeah, like I always had to like have a job so I could eat because obviously money wasn't going towards food at a certain point. So. There were times where I'd be hungry and, you know, I'm 17. I don't really have much money because, you know, I'm paying for my car insurance and my cell phone bill. And it's like, oh, there's no food in the house. Like, why don't you go fucking buy some? Like, why is it always on me? It's like, I'm fucking 16, 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. That kind of makes me think, too. Like, what must the existence be like? Because it's on one hand, it's kind of amazing that they managed to live in that type of a state and mindset for so long. If if they're not concerned about even buying food, what are they doing? Is it is it all just moment to moment? Like I'm hungry, but it's not that big of a deal yet. Okay, I'm starving. I gotta go find something immediately. Like, is it just day to day? fulfilling basic needs all the time with no thought about the future i know you watched that shane gillis stand up yeah and he was talking about how when you're a drug addict you kind of just wake up and you have quests and the longer you're doing these like the longer you're addicted to drugs the more dark the quests get yeah i think they're at the really dark part of the quests yeah man because you said you go, uh you wake up you gotta go scrap copper <laughs> then it's like oh uh, i gotta go blow a guy behind a home depot yeah. like the quests just get darker and darker <laughs> and, and didn't you say that they were um living with convicted felons do you say murderers uh yeah yeah the house got raided while i was gone as well so the house has been raided multiple times one while i was there i was in high school i wake up my mom's screaming the dog's barking it's 3 a.m I go around the corner because I lived in the basement. I go to start going up the stairs. I'm in my underwear. And the door busts open. I have flashlights in my face and people screaming at me with a fucking shield. Get the fuck, like, like get the fuck on the ground. They're pushing me up against the wall. And I'm just an innocent guy who liked to smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And I never held a lot of it or anything. Like, maybe like a gram at a time because I was broke. And I'm getting thrown up against the wall by police told not to move my room is getting ransacked they're turning over the entire house and who's there one of the officers that happens to work at the high school and i'm just like hey dude how's it going <sighs> yeah you know 
I ended up training jujitsu with this cop later on. He was a really nice guy. <laughs> Do you remember? You might. I don't know if we have to bleep it out. Officer J. Um, describe him. He was the cop at Coventry. Handsome guy, jacked. He had that uh, that fight school. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember him very vaguely, but yeah. Yeah, he was at my raid. Wow. Yeah. So Did they find your weed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they even took it. There was like this poor fucking kid. He needs it. Yeah, you're, you're not the target of that situation, I think. No, not at all. But it was... Uh, I didn't see it as a big deal. I was like, ah, whatever. You know what, though? This is a, this is a moment... I mean, imagine if you were black. <laughs> I would have been shot on site. <laughs> you got a little bit of weed. Everybody else has got fentanyl, crack pipes, needles, and they just beat you up and take you. The servant 30, 25 to life. <laughs> Jake, cut that out if you want. <laughs> just leave that note there. Um, but yeah. And, you know, I saw the house on like the foreclosure list. And I was like, maybe I should buy it because it is it was a really nice house. But I was like, wait a minute. People have died in that house. That house is filled with terrible memories. I don't know if that's a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't buy that house. That's that's a really interesting thought. Um, my, my first thought is that it would keep you tied to them, too, because if they were there for so long, you know, no matter what happens to them, they're they're going to go back there, I would think, at some point, regardless. And then if they found out that you own the place, they would definitely find a way to take advantage of that. Oh, yeah, 100%. So that, that, that was a no-go. But I'm just relieved that I've distanced myself to a point where I didn't get a phone call of, hey, I need a place to stay after they got booted out of the house this past weekend. Yeah, man, that is really heavy. It's hard to not wonder where the hell they are, though. Like, what are they doing? Are they outside right now? I don't I don't know. I don't know if I should care. It's tough to not think about it, though. They're on a big quest now. Yeah, they're doing a quest. They got they got to get some real cash for an apartment or something. Yeah, this is the main story now. Yeah, and the main story, the difficulties turned up all the way and you can't change it. And that's because of the the, the choices that they made. We, so. <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit because I think you did mention on the podcast when your mom called for Thanksgiving. Okay, I think I might have, yeah. Yeah. How much of a it's, emotional pull do, do you feel? Because it, it almost sounds like very little. Um. Yeah, but that makes me question, am I dead inside? <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I should feel worse. Like, I feel like I should have been really sad to hear that news. I feel like I should have felt something. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, something my therapist mentioned uh, that I, I just started thinking about. It was last night, but it's like... Um, self-preservation mechanisms so whatever happens to us in our life and and this was in the context of me being cheated on and uh me needing to find out the truth and kind of my fixation that ended up hurting me for a while but he said in the end it worked for you so your mind figured out that it worked for you so now that's a self-preservation thing maybe clearly it worked for you 
distancing yourself. Yeah. And, and now that's, it's a very viable strategy. Um, and as far as being dead inside, I don't know. It, obviously, it could be buried. Uh, I am. I, I really have no idea about that. But that's really a complicated thing. And I, I got a feel for you. That's because that that's a, that's the type of thing where I think I talked about this on one of the earliest episodes. But somebody in your family dies, and you don't really feel anything, and then you feel bad for not feeling anything. It's like. That it's going to be bad regardless. Even if you don't feel anything, you got to feel bad about feeling bad. I think that's what you're talking about. And ugh. yeah, yeah, ugh. that's just like you said, so much to unpack in that whole thing. I think it might be like in my head, it feels like they're already dead to me. Like it feels like I haven't had parents for a really long time because I haven't. Um, even before I knew everything was bad. They would ask me for money all the time. I'd give it to them. I'd have to like tell them, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, like I felt like I was parenting my parents for a while. Yeah. So to me, it feels like I don't even know them. Like if I saw them, I wouldn't feel compelled to give them a hug or be excited to see them at this point because it's been so long. Yeah, that's understandable. And one uh, one thing you said that was really visceral for me was about um, – I, I don't think you put it in terms of fear, but if I put myself in your shoes, it would be it would be very scary to see your mom again, especially – you know, this is very superficial, but because of like how, how she looks, right? And that, that really hit me, just like the idea of – because I, I've, I've had that too, you know, being away for a while and then seeing someone after years and – it, it's it's striking how much they've changed or, or or whatever, but especially because of this reason, um, that's damn man. Yeah, it's not like she's gracefully getting older; it's just terribly falling apart. So, for me, I have good images in my head of my mother, and then the most recent image I have in my head of her wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. So if I see her again, that image of not as bad, like I'll have that not as bad image removed and have this new 20 times worse image of her in my head. That makes perfect sense. So I don't know if I want to replace that image with the new one. And I think that's the big reason why I don't really want to see or talk to. What about your brother? Um, have you guys talked on a deep level about the the effects of this stuff and like how you feel about it? No, he's not really much of a talker. He'll say, mm. "Yeah, I'm upset. It sucks," you know, but he's not gonna like dive deep on it. You know, he's a uh, he's a bottle up your feelings type of guy. So it's tough, and it, and I mean. Like I said, he was going down that same path for a while too, so we had a disconnect for a couple years as well. Right? We talk a lot more now. Love to see the guy. I always like seeing him, but we had a disconnect for a really long time as well too. Do you any do you know any of the details about how intense his struggle got and how he got over it? Like uh like why? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I was there when he was getting over it. Oh. Um he was also really really bad um so he was doing work for some guy and 
they absolutely love my brother and they said, Hey, we really want you to get clean. We want you to come live with us and you're going to stay here. You're going to rehab here and you're going to get clean. So I was with him for a lot of that. Um, I remember seeing him going through the withdrawals. Like I saw him the night before he started to get clean and he actually made a really funny joke. I'll never forget this. We were, um, he was at my house and I asked him, I was like, did you use tonight? And he said, yes, I did. And we were going to like walk outside for some reason, and we could, he was trying to get out of my porch door but couldn't because it like locked itself. And he goes, "Geez, thanks, thank fuck, I'm getting clean tomorrow. I'm a fucking moron. I can't get out of the door." <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. And then he got clean and hasn't turned back since. Wow. Yeah. And I'm a big gamer. I sacrificed my Xbox for him. I let him have that for a while. I let him play games. He locked himself in a basement and he said, I'm never going back there again. I never want to go through what I just went through to get clean again because that was the worst experience of my life. Wow. Yeah. He was in rough shape. What games did he play? I think he was playing NBA 2K. I think that was the one Madden. Man, that shows uh, that shows even more strength because if it was like Skyrim or Fallout, then I think it would be pretty easy. But NBA 2K, that must have been really hell. There's only so many solo games. <laughs> exactly. Play, <you> know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to get clean. Do it with an RPG. Absolutely. Work on leveling up your skills in the virtual world and then work your skills up in the non-virtual world. And then you world. got an even more difficult addiction to kick. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, no, but he's doing well. He went through the bullshit and now he's good. So that makes me happy. But. All hope for my parents ever getting clean and them living a normal life is dead. I think you said previously that it was, um, well, you, you said they, they did everything they could get their hands on, but was it primarily fentanyl? Yeah, I think that's the, the go-to, but whatever will fucking get them going. Is that what your brother was doing too? I believe so. He said he never shot anything up. Uh. but um, And it's crazy because... I don't know how they don't see these as wake-up calls, right? So last year, uh, someone who I called my uncle my entire life was living with them. He died of an overdose. And then my other uncle, a couple months later, died of an overdose. They didn't show up to either funeral. I go, and everyone's like, hey, your parents aren't here, huh? And I'm like, no. Oh, dude, this just reminded me of another Larry David moment. So I'm at the funeral of the guy I called uncle wasn't my actual uncle. And, you know, I'm going through the line looking and they're like, Hey, how's it going? And it's people that I didn't know really, but it was his family. And I went, Oh, I was very close. I actually called him uncle my whole life. He lived with my parents. And I realized I should have left that last part out because they gave me some looks. Mm. <laughs> they're like, Oh yeah, it's probably your parents fault. So wow, Larry David moment. Should have left that out. They <laughs> gave me some looks and I just went, okay, bye. But it gave me a good laugh in the moment, knowing that I'm a moron and just said that out loud. Well, that's, I mean, that's not fair to you. No, but they probably assumed I was in on it with them. Wow. You know? Yeah, so fuck your stability, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm very fortunate because. My wife's family is very normal, and they treat me as one of their own. Legally, I am, I guess, now, but they treat me so well. They do everything they can in their power to make sure we are set up for success. 
and it is a foreign feeling to me, but I need to get better at being like a family guy. Like I was sick all week. They're calling me every day to make sure I'm okay. And I'm like, I don't want to talk on the phone. I'm like, wait a minute. These people care about me. I should probably, you know, want to talk to them. Yeah. And it's, it's not that I don't want to talk because I'm not used to people checking in on me. I don't know. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, so it's it's good. I got out of a bad situation and I'm in a great one now. So, yeah. Should, should we talk about something happier? COVID's back. Hopefully I get to quarantine again. <sighs> Hopefully I work from home more often now. I don't know. It seems like the world's shutting down again. Let's just keep it doom and gloom. Is it? Uh, NHL NHL shutting down. Is it really? Yeah. Is that the Omicron thing? Hockey. Yeah. What is this one supposed to be? I don't know. Just another variant of the same thing. I, I, I have no idea. But, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it. I want it to go away. It's never going to go away. It's going to remain political until the day I die. I just want peace. Yeah, it's so strange, man. It's just based on where you are and based on your social circle and, and who you know, it can be the biggest thing or the smallest thing. And I don't know. I, I <clears throat> We yeah. haven't really had anything change here in a while. It seemed, I mean, a few months ago, they made the, the mask thing a lot more serious, but we haven't had a lockdown in a long time. And then I started hearing about Omicron, but just in the context of uh, longer quarantines for people coming from overseas and actually there was one really funny racist thing um so foreigners uh if you're if you're coming you know if you visited bali right now i believe you would have to quarantine for 10 days Mm -hmm. but an indonesian national coming from the u.s would not have to quarantine so tell me if that makes sense nope doesn't make any sense there's like hey you're one of us you're good yeah it's a wink wink nudge nudge you're fine yeah uh dude i don't know uh i i feel similar to you with the whole covid thing i just i don't know what's going on the world's falling apart oh those bastards it's not good i want to have kids soon and this is the world we're living in it's just it's too much it's too much everything's too political and you had mentioned, depending on your social circle, fortunately for me, my social circle is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, and I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just lovely. So the ones you're losing, you're not too worried about? No. No, no, no. You got to trim the fat. Sometimes it's important to trim the fat. You don't realize the toxicity and negative energy sometimes until you're out of the situation. And once you're out of the situation... It sucks at first, but in the long haul, wow, fantastic. So are we, if you weren't too close to him, are you talking about like social media, political toxicity or, or what? What are we talking about? No, there are some people I was really close to and it was just not the right energy, not what I was looking for, mm. you know, out the window now, don't need it. Handshake, good to see you. That's all if I see you in public. Don't want to hang out. Don't want to talk to you on a regular basis. I have my wife, I have you, I have a small circle of friends. That's all I need. That's all I want. My life has become so much less complicated now that I've shrunk in that social circle. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I'm pretty similar. I don't really interact with a whole lot of people on a regular basis. It's a beautiful thing. 
so much less stress, so many less people you have to people please for. And just you get to do what you want. It's it's a freeing feeling. Yeah. So bring on quarantine, right? Bring it on, baby. I am ready to play FIFA for way too long. Yeah, man. So this is um not a super interesting update, but have you heard of a game called RimWorld? No. Go on. I think I came across it on Reddit. Um, Sounds sexual. It's not. <laughs> but okay. uh, I think it was in a discussion of other RPG games I had played, and, and someone mentioned RimWorld, and then all these comments were going crazy about it. So I felt I had to check it out. And I was getting a little... Um, I mean, I've been playing Age of Empires a lot, but I was a little bit... Okay, it's time for something new. Anyway. Yep. I installed this game RimWorld on my computer a little over a week ago, and it has kind of taken over my life. And, you know, do you ever feel guilty for playing a lot of video games? Because there are times where I feel guilty, like maybe I should be doing something else, but I'm really enjoying my time. So I'm not going to feel guilty for it. That's how I feel at the moment. I do not feel guilty about it at all, and I relish every opportunity to play. <laughs> You're going to play right when we get off this call, aren't you? I might, yeah. Um <laughs> I, I, I might I might. Yeah, it's uh it's like a world building RPG, so it's like the graphics are nothing to uh to really talk about. It's just very simple, but you um <clears throat> the basic story is you land on this planet and you gotta survive. All these people are trying to kill you, these animals are trying to kill you, you gotta find food, you gotta fight the elements and all that. So you build a base and yeah. But it, but anyway, it's uh it it has been eating up my time recently. Yes, I love games like that. And with games like that, the graphics don't need to be superb. Right. Yeah, I don't even care about them. One of the games I've had the most fun with, which you should definitely check out. I think your computer can handle it. It's Farmville. I've heard of that one. It is so much fun. And you literally just build a farm. You go interact with people in the town. You can get married. You can have kids. You have a dog. You, you sell your turnips, you fish. It's just such a stress-free game that you can dump so much time into for no reason at all. Huh. And you can take it as far as you want. If you don't want to build some elaborate farm that's pumping out maple syrup and all this stuff, you don't have to. That's the beauty of it. You just do what you want. That's nice. So, um, yeah. Tika got here. Uh, she moved to Bali permanently now. Um Hell yeah. Yeah, she got here on the 11th. And um, it's been really good. She's li She's been living with me. Um, she's she found a place, so she's going to move tomorrow. Um, but we've been actually together for, I guess, 10 days now. And my RimWorld addiction has been managed a bit because she's here with me, right? But prior, there was, I think there was two or three days I, I had the game before she got here. And I experienced something I haven't experienced in, in many years of video games. But this is the type of thing where I'm playing the game, lose all sense of time. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Oh, yeah. Deep in the game. And then for some reason or another, I stop playing. I go sit on the couch and I kind of like deconnect. I'm not looking at my phone or anything. And I have this sense of there's this reality and then there's that reality. And it feels so strange. It's a very hard feeling to explain. But it's like I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just looking at the sky or something like that. And I'm like, this didn't exist. This whole reality was gone to me um, while I was playing. Yeah, you become fully immersed. And 
I, I was I was still playing, of course, when when Tika was here, and something kind of funny happened that showed um, how 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 deep I get into it. So normally we're hanging out, and it, it's hot here. It's we're we're in Bali. It's not interesting, but it, it's really hot. And whatever I've lived in a couple different places with her. And uh, we'll, we'll have the outside area and the inside area. <clears throat> outside doesn't have air conditioning, so it gets uncomfortable. And, and we're sitting on the couch 100% of the time. And what I'm talking about in past months, I have been the one that says, okay, I got to get up. I got to go in the, in the bedroom. For the first yeah. time, we were sitting on the couch. I'm playing RimWorld. And she's like, it's really hot outside. We got to go in. And I realized I'm sweating. My back hurts. Everything is wrong with my body, but I didn't even notice because I was so immersed in the game. She snapped you out of it. Yep. <laughs> it was like, a, hey, let's go inside. And you went, wait a minute, we're outside. Oh, my God, what is wrong with Yeah, me? what is inside and what is outside? I'm trying to build yeah. a turbine and a prisoner cell and harvest the organs of this guy. I don't know what's going on. This game sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It's real nice. I don't know if I can handle it right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so how about... Uh, other stuff, you know, you, you, you got sick, but you're getting over it, right? Yeah. Overall, my mental health's in a good spot. Yeah. You've been fasting um, currently, uh, which may or may not be good during your sickness. Yeah. So we had that little uh, talk where we both decided we're not going to drink much, and I'm staying true to that. I used to drink beers multiple nights a week. Uh, I'm not, I haven't been drinking beer at all. I had one at lunch the other day. Uh, me and uh, Michelle had a very hipster day. We went to an art exhibit and then we got ramen. Um, Super hipster. And I had a beer at lunch. Yeah, but I have not been drinking beer. I've been drinking not a lot. I'm sure all, it really. was not, not a Budweiser or a Heineken too, right? It was probably the craftiest IPA you could get your hands on. Nope, just a simple dogfish, 60 minute. It's craft, it's an IPA, but didn't go crazy. Uh, still hipster. Yeah, so... Um, I'm not smoking weed anymore. Really? Yeah. Not for any specific reason. Uh, Tolerance break? Taking a little detox. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. Wow. Do you miss it? And I'm No, not really. I mean, obviously I enjoy it, but I'm not like, man, I wish I could smoke right now. It's just a uh, little detox, living life in the completely sober world right now. And I'm fasting, making healthier choices, eating. Still not exercising much. Being sick kind of put a damper on that. But um, overall, I'm uh, building up that momentum that we always talk about. Cool. Cool. Have you stayed true to the not drinking as much as well? Yeah, I think I only drank once. Um, I mean, Since the last time we talked about that? Really? Yeah. Well, I, I have soju in the house. Um, that's very... And you're a kratom junkie. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that in a minute. But... Um, Okay. But yeah, I, I had um, I had like one drink twice, just like a you know celebration because Tika got here, and then yesterday was her birthday, so we just had like one drink, but nothing. It's not even drinking really, almost. Um, yeah, yeah. But one night we we went out and we got fairly drunk, um, and that kind of reaffirmed to me, like I said, the next day I don't want to drink anymore. Of course, I still will, but ugh, it just felt awful. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, what did you think about that video of uh, the, the Kratom Rescue? That's so funny. Just seeing Tika on top of the shelf. It is, right? Trying to fish it out. Yeah, so too. And it was very, <laughs> way easier to fish out than you thought, but still so funny. Well, yeah, to, um, to, to recap. 
So I, I accidentally uh, quit Kratom by throwing it behind my huge dresser. And did you appreciate the size of that thing, by the way? That was massive. Massive. It's got to be, I would say it's easily nine feet tall, perhaps more. Yeah. Uh, Weighs probably a ton, if I were to guess. It cannot be moved, uh, especially because it's so flush with the wall. But but anyway, I... So so anyway, to, to, to get it, to get the Kratom behind it, you would have to climb up over it and somehow get it. So I kind of resigned myself to not having it. I didn't have it for two or three weeks, and it was fine. I, I think of this because of, of your weed thing. Like, I, I enjoy it, but I was fine without it, right? Yeah. But then Tika got here, and I'm like, okay, well, now I got another mind, and I got another body. Let's figure this thing out. And I talked to her about it, and she was totally into it. She's like, okay, let's figure it out. And we ended up using a, a pool cleaner. Um, and we attached uh, a clothes hanger with duct tape to the pool cleaner. And we made this tool. Um, and then she volunteered to climb. Uh, she's she's smaller and more nimble. And, uh, yes, yeah, she... She volunteered or you, you said, get the fuck up there. I did. I did, I, I, I did imply that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You don't have to, but if you don't, there might be problems. There may be consequences, yeah. Um, but But she's a hell of a fisherman, eh? Yeah, that that didn't take long at all. I did have this appreciation watching her too. Like, oh, that that's pretty cool that she just did that uh, easily like that. Yeah, no, that's uh, crafty. It would I, I'd still be up there trying to fish it out with my hand eye coordination. Yeah, oh, dude, impossible uh, with with your hand, impossible. But um, yeah, yeah. To give an update on the whole kratom thing, I'm I'm, I'm using it on a daily basis again. But uh, yeah, I gotta say, I don't see any downsides. Um, because the one downside we talked about was I was using it daily, even more than daily, um, for a while. So I was worried about becoming dependent on it. But then when I stopped using it, it was not a problem at all. Um, and then now I'm just using it and I just, yeah, I get, I get a little mood boost, a little, uh, yeah, a little boost from it. And I, I don't, I don't see any problem. It seems like a, a, a nice thing. You do have to keep in mind though that with prolonged use, right? So you were using it for how long before you accidentally quit? It must have been a month or more. So you turn that month, give or take, to a year daily. Yep. Then you might see some downside to it. So I think as long as you stay on like a schedule where you do it for a little while, take a couple weeks off. Do it for a little while, take a couple weeks off. Do like a little cycling with it like you're doing steroids. Yeah, and and, and I, I think and that's weed a good too. way to keep yourself honest. Yeah, people do the yeah. same thing with weed, right? Steve does that because he's a he's a heavy user, but he'll take a tolerance break once in a while. And I, I think it's the same kind of thing. Like I, I know that this can be physically addictive for people, but I don't see that with me. And I, I think a month is enough. But I, you do have a valid point. Um, but. Uh, but I, I kind of see it the same. You're right. Maybe like prolonged use could see me getting like psychologically dependent on it, which I think is what happens with weed. It's not physical with weed. Um, yeah, but yeah, a break every once in a while is definitely a good idea if for, for that reason, but then also just for tolerance and, and comparing life with and without it. So yeah, that's, that's fair. Exactly. So as long as you know, you're a smart guy, you'll do it the right way. I have all the faith in the world. I hope so. Thanks. Yeah. So Talked about good drugs, talked about bad drugs today. Talked about no drugs for me. Yeah. Stone Cold Sober Chris. Still fun though. Still a good guy. You're a great guy. Yeah. Um 
So we've been going for like an hour now. It was great to have this conversation. I feel like there's a weight been lifted off my chest that I've got it out there in the air. I don't have to tiptoe around this subject anymore. I don't have to just allude to it sometimes and not really touch on it. Got it off my chest. Felt good to talk about it. You made me feel better. So thank you for listening. Oh, dude, I'm glad. Um, yeah, it was really great to hear to hear everything. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you feel good about it, too. That That's really great. Yeah. And, you know, anyone listening that's going through something similar or, you know, thinks they want someone to talk to about it, I obviously have experience. You can reach out to me personally. Um, yeah. So that's all I have for today. I'm very glad we, we, we got to, you know, keep talking on this regular basis. That two week break was too much for me. I was having Kyle with I was struggling more without Kyle than I am without weed. Yeah, I uh, I was a little bit junkie-ish asking you every day, can we do this morning? How about this morning? You ready? No, you're not ready? Okay. No and problem. I felt bad because I was like, hey, still coughing, still coughing. Sorry, still coughing. Yeah, totally understandable. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I echo your sentiment. I, I also missed it. And I mean, <clears throat> look, look at you now. You were off Kratom for so long. We stopped talking for two weeks. You're back on daily usage. So I think there's a correlation there. Uh, there must be. Yep. Yeah. So it is what it is. All right. Do you have any closing words? No. Well, I'm curious. Are we still talking to that guy? Um, Probably eventually. But um, we do have our first female guest coming on. Oh, right. First ever. So... Off air, we'll discuss scheduling that. She's open pretty much any night to talk. 10 o'clock works for her. So um, we'll talk about that off off air. Um, we can still talk to that guy as well. But we'll, we'll, we can talk about who we're scheduling later. All right. So I guess that, that wraps it up. The, the podcast is rolling on. We are still bringing people. We're digging up deep issues. And, uh, oh, I still have a dick. I think that's enough for today. Yes, and I would like to know how it's going with the Kratom now that your lovely girlfriend is back in town as well. Completion, no completion. Tune in next time. <laughs> Bye. This is life being bound to love.